So I'd like to welcome all of you here to this retreat. Welcome back for all of you who've been here before. I know for many of you this feels very much like home. And for all of you who are new here, I hope too it'll soon feel like home for you. Um, this evening what I'd like to do is I'd like to introduce first of all those of us who are working on the retreat and then if I may I'd like to speak to you a little bit about this retreat and what we're doing here before we have a short loving-kindness meditation. So first of all my name's Christina. Um, I've been here since the beginning of this retreat which I I think was 13 years ago. Um, this is Marcia, who is also teaching this retreat with me this year. She's at the moment resident teacher here at IMS. And this is Jose, who is one of the teachers who comes here to teach retreats at IMS. So before we go any further, if everyone who is helping or who is on staff, if you could please stand up for a moment. Right, now I, I'm going to show you how well I hopefully remember everybody. This is Mick who will be working and playing and helping with the 9 to 10 year olds. This is Mona who will be here with the teenagers. This is Boz who will be here with the teenagers. Marjorie who is on staff and in the office. This is Patrick from California who is helping with the 11 and 12 year olds. Over here at the back is Pat, who is here with the five and six-year-olds. Here we have Dahlia, who is one of our cooks in the kitchen and is also going to be doing some of the work with all of you. Behind that we have Nomi, who is helping both with the nine and ten-year-olds and with the five and six-year-olds. This is Jody. Is it Jody who is here on work retreat? Uh, and playing. This is Kim, who is here, who is going to be with the eight and nine-year-olds. Seven and eight-year-olds, my first mistake. This is Priscilla, who is our child care coordinator. This is Jan, who is generally here to help out. And she has also been here for many years on this retreat. This is Matt at the back, also one of our blessed cooks. This is Tina, who is here, and she will be helping with the three and four-year-olds. It's Holly, who is helping with the seven and eight-year-olds. <laughs> this is Leslie, who is also here with the 11 and 12-year-olds. This is Kathy, who is helping with the nine and 10-year-olds in and out. This is Yanai, who will be dropping in with the teenagers. And this is Linda, who is our retreat manager. So, thank you, all of you. <laughs> huh? And B, where's B? There's B. There's B. Sorry, I didn't see you. Who is here with the three and four-year-olds also? So, as you can see this year, we have a lot of people who have come here to help us. A lot of support, which is greatly, greatly appreciated. Okay, so I've... <clears throat> just like to say a few words to you about IMS and about this retreat. If everyone could sit down, I'd be grateful. We won't keep you too long. 
Next year is the 20th anniversary of IMS, this place. In that 20 years, there's been thousands and thousands of people who've come here to do retreats. Now, these are all different kinds of people, from very successful business people and TV people and mothers and uh, fathers and students and artists. They all come from so many different places in their lives. And yet, for everyone who comes here, they do come here with a similar purpose. IMS is essentially a place of peace. It is a place which is dedicated to peace, to helping to bring about peace in our world, for people to learn how to be at peace with themselves. For most people who come here to IMS, they are looking for more calmness and more kindness and more wisdom in their lives. So no matter where they come from, this wide range of people, we all meet together here for a similar reason. And it really doesn't matter who you are or where you come from. If you come here with a heart that is really interested and really caring about how to be at peace in our world, this is the place for you. Now, most of the retreats here in a year are very different from this retreat, and it might be hard for some of you younger people to imagine that for most of the time when people come here on retreats, they don't actually talk at all. They don't talk for 10 days. Sometimes they don't talk for three months. Sometimes people even think that they have forgotten how to talk. Now, we are not silent in that way, as you've already noticed. And yet, for us coming here, this is one of the most unusual communities in the world. There are very few places in the world where young people and parents can come together to share a time where we really explore what it means to look after each other, what it means to care for ourselves, and what it means to care for our world. This is such a unique and unusual place. Now, for all of you, when you come here, you leave something behind. You leave behind your ordinary lives, your ordinary routines, many of your friends. You leave behind you your toys. You leave behind you your televisions. You leave behind you your work and your jobs. And so this is really a new place for you. And I think for all of us, being able to step out of the habits of our lives, it also offers us some new opportunities. There are also a lot of things we bring with us. We don't leave everything behind. We bring with us many of the habits of our lives. Maybe we bring with us the habits of how we talk to each other and how we relate to each other. Maybe we bring with us the habits of our busyness, or the habits of being impatient, or the habits even of, of being irritated at times. So for all of us, I think this is a time where we can actually, all of us, learn some new ways of being. To learn some new ways of being. Whether we are five or whether we're 50, 
It is never too early or too late to learn the lessons of peacemaking. And that's what we're really here to do. There are some areas I'd like to talk about. This building and the grounds, for the time we're here, this is our home. But I'd also like you to remember that this has really been the spiritual home of thousands of people who come before us and of thousands of people who come after us. So as a family and as a community, we are really learning to take care of this home, which is why we are so grateful that all of you have signed up for jobs, because this is part of taking care of each other. We also take care of our piece of the earth. I'd also like to remind you that all of this property is also the home to many, many creatures and animals. And because for so long IMS has been a place of peace, many of the animals and many of the creatures here are very tame. They haven't learned how to be afraid. You know, many of our chipmunks, many of our birds, many of our squirrels here, the rabbits, they haven't learned to be afraid of people. So I think it would be really helpful if everyone could be really careful with the animals. If you are still and if you are calm, they will come to you. They will come to you for food. They'll come to check you out. And this is another way of being with our earth and somewhere where I really hope we can help to make this really a place of safety for all of the animals that we live here. All of the plants and the flowers and the trees, they were here before us and we'd like them to be here after us. To take care when we're in the woods, when we're in the gardens, that this is a place where we learn to walk on our earth in a peaceful way, in a caring way. And there is also, I think, so much the part here. And what is so important in this retreat is that we learn to care for each other in new ways. Now, our words and our actions and even our thoughts in this life are very powerful. They are very powerful. We all know what it feels like to be hurt, to be wounded, to be rejected. We all also know what it feels like to be loved and to be cared for and to be accepted. So I ask you in this time here that this is a time that we are careful with all of this, that we learn where we can be kind instead of perhaps turning away, where we learn where we can be patient instead maybe of judging, where we can learn how to help someone who needs help or needs some support, that this is a time actually where we learn to care for each other by giving and by supporting. It's also a time, a retreat for everyone is a time of learning also to care for themselves. Now, you've probably had a chance to look a little bit at the schedule, and you'll probably see that we try and offer times through the day which really answers everybody's needs. So there's times for play and for being together as families. There are times also for everyone to be able to come in here as families and to join in some loving-kindness meditation. 
There are also times for all of the adults to be still and to be calm. So I invite you very much to really enjoy, I hope, what is being offered here. Good. Thank you. To begin this retreat, To start our gathering this afternoon, I have a story I'd like to read to you and also a little imagination game I'd like to try with you. So, if any of you younger ones want to look at the pictures, you are very welcome to come here. Right. Right, here we are. You can sit up behind me here if you want to, so you've got enough room. If you, okay, especially summit now. Let's see, who can see? Scotty, come in here. Elliot, do you want to come in here? You've got enough room to sit? Are you okay there? Are you all right, Elliot? Okay, I'll, I'll show the book around so you can see the pictures too, okay. Are you ready? You're ready? Okay. Just to start so that we can all make sure that we're listening really well, let's listen to ourselves just for a minute first. Can you join me in, in an om, a real quiet om first? Om. And now your biggest om. Oh. Nice touch there. Okay, this story today I want to read to you is called Herbert and Harry. I don't know if you know any Herberts or know any Harrys. But I know this, Harry. You know Harry? I don't know a single... Oh, I do know a Herbert. I know Harry. Okay. Once upon a time, there were two brothers called Herbert and Harry who lived together in the same house. It's a house. Looks like our house. <laughs> I know. That's, thank you. Thank you for that piece of information. They dug together in the same garden and fished together from the same boat. A couple of perky fellows there. Huh? They look a bit like the Simpsons, don't they? <laughs> One day, while they were out fishing, they hauled up a great treasure. This treasure is mine, shouted Herbert. I pulled it up. No, said Harry. I chose this place to cast our net. So Herbert pushed Harry, and Harry fell. Splash. Oh, it's Hmm? So there goes Harry into the water. Harry was a strong swimmer and managed to get safely home. While Herbert rode the treasure as fast as he could for as long as he could until he reached a lonely stretch of coast. From there he started to walk. He wanted to get as far away from Harry as possible. Do you know why he wanted to get away from Harry? So Harry wouldn't get the treasure. Right. 
bunch of socks. At last Herbert lay down to sleep, but even though it was very dark and he was very tired, he couldn't sleep. What if Harry came and stole the treasure? So the next day Herbert hid the treasure among the roots of an old tree. But that night when it got dark, he still couldn't sleep. What if someone had seen him put it there? He's getting kind of worried about his treasure. All right. He decided to take the treasure high into the hills where no one would find it. He walked many days and many nights. The land got emptier and emptier, and the treasure got heavier and heavier. If you notice, I don't even know if he's looked in the treasure chest yet. I bet there's like fish or something bad. At last he reached the highest mountain in the land, and there he hid the treasure under some rocks. But still he couldn't sleep. What if someone had followed him and stole the treasure while he slept? Yeah, maybe he could fall. <laughs> there he is on top of his high mountain. Maybe he could fall. Maybe nothing in there. He could fall. He decided the only way to keep the treasure safe was to put it in a place which was so strong no one could get in. He began to chip the rock. Yeah, he's been a long time looking after this treasure already, hasn't he? But he got a beard. He's got a beard now. All right. Chip, 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 went Herbert. You can notice his beard is getting longer. I think it falls down. Now he's really old. Now he's getting really He's getting really old. You're right. It seems like his I don't think there's anything in it. Well, we'll find out. Many years passed. At last he had made a deep, dark tunnel into the middle of the tallest mountain in the land. He pushed the treasure right to the end of the tunnel, then blocked the entrance with a huge boulder. But then now he can't do it. This guy's really worried about his treasure, isn't he? And now how is he going to get in? Well, let's find out what happens. But still he couldn't sleep. Oh, this poor man, he's hardly had any sleep in years. What if someone forced him to tell where the treasure was? Then they could steal it. He decided he must protect himself. Just look how worried he is. He's going to go into a cave. Why does he have red eyes? He hasn't slept in years. If you hadn't slept in years, you'd have red eyes too. <laughs> to protect himself, Herbert needed guns, lots of guns. But guns were not enough. Oh, he's got yeah. a cannon. Do you think he's getting carried away? Yeah. yeah. He didn't even open the treasure. Open the yeah. Herbert needed a fort. <laughs> Guns weren't enough. Herbert needed a fort. Many more years passed. He's going to die before he gets to open it? I just threw it. Today, Herbert and Harry are very old men. Herbert still guards the treasure in his fort on top of the highest mountain in the land, but still he cannot sleep. While Harry, who had no treasure, has always been able to sleep soundly. It's better off that he doesn't guard the treasure. He's better off if he doesn't guard the treasure? You got it. <laughs> there they are. He hasn't even looked inside. Now, I want to do a little imagine ga imagination game with you before I read another story, okay? 
I'd like you to imagine that you're a little bit hungry, and maybe you are even a little bit hungry right now. I'm starving. You're starving, right. Okay. Imagine that we're going to leave the meditation room and we're going to go to dinner. But guess what? The cooks forgot how many people were here. The cooks forgot how many people were here. And for dinner, they've made your favorite cookie. Yeah. Right. Okay. What's your favorite cookie? Sushi. Okay. For dinner, they've made your favorite cookie, but there's only one. And guess who's first in the line? Me. Me. <laughs> me. I'm first in the line. Trust me, you're going to end up happy here. You're going to end up happy, so trust me. This is not unhappiness making. I've got the favorite cookie. I want that. It's <laughs> <laughs> one cookie and I've got it. So, if I say, I've got the cookie and there's only enough for me, it's tough that you're hungry. Open the present. What are you going to think about me if I say that? I've got you're the cookie. I've got the cookie. Give me that. No way, it's my cookie. <laughs> it's my cookie. I'm hungry. Is it big or large? Why don't you give us some? Why don't I give you some? Because it's my cookie. You want to share it? You don't think I'm very nice? No. Greedy. Now, what you think I'm not very nice, you think I'm greedy. Okay. So listen, as it turns out, as it turns out, there is actually enough cookies for everybody. And you know what? I'm really happy to share my cookies with you. They're not chocolate chip and they're not sushi. But I'm so happy to share my cookies with you. I'm so glad to share my cookies with you. Now what do you think about me? You're very nice. Now you think I'm nice. Can, before we have the cookie, can we just think for a minute? Sometimes when we hold on to our treasures, we're not happy. There's enough for everybody. It's okay. When we hold on to our treasures too tightly, we're not happy, and maybe nobody is very happy with us either. When we share our treasures, everybody is... Happy! Hey, right, you got it. Happy, happy <laughs> And I apologize to all of you parents for giving your kids a cookie before this dinner. Okay, would you like one more story? Uh, Did you I have one? I thought you said one more okay. cookie. Yeah. You have had one? Two. Here, two. Who hasn't had one? Here, two. You had one? We'll have some more cookies later. Oh, there's more cookies to come. Did you have one? Just one. Otherwise, there you are, sweetheart. There you are, sweetheart. All right. 
Okay, you might remember when you hold on to your treasures, you're not very happy. But when you share them, everybody's happy. We'll have them more later, okay? All right, I have one more story for you. Do you want one more story? Is it Tommy and Sam or Tom and Sam. This is about Tom and Sam. Is it about the same thing? More or less, a little bit the same. You the same person right You read this last year. Yeah, well, this, because it's in the same theme, so I'm reading it again. Okay. Tom and Sam were the best of friends until the day that Tom dug a lake in his garden. He dug a lake in his garden. Everyone in the town came to admire it and cried, What a beautiful lake! How clever you are, Tom! But Sam didn't say anything. He was busy building a tower in his garden. What a splendid tower, everyone cried. How clever you are, Sam! But Tom said nothing. He was busy planting flowering trees in his garden. Oh, what pretty trees. What a clever fellow you are, Tom, everyone cried. Except Sam, who was busy planting a hedge. Hmm. What? What's a hedge? Uh, Trees in a line. A bunch of trees in a line. What a good thick hedge, the town folk said when it was planted. Tom was too busy making a gate to say anything at all. And so it went on. Sorry. Hmm? Sorry, I'm being too quick. So it went on. They weren't exactly enemies and they weren't exactly friends. Do you know why they couldn't be friends? Because they were too busy. They were too busy trying to be better than each other. So they really were too busy even to be friends. Then Sam made a statue so beautiful that everyone cried, this is the most beautiful statue in the town. And Tom made a birdbath so splendid that everyone cried, this is the most splendid birdbath in the town. Oh, and then they steal it and then they go steal Don't tell the ending. That night, Sam could think of nothing but Tom's birdbath, and Tom kept thinking about Sam's statue. Don't. Careful. Don't push each other. Oh, yeah, this is about the same thing. About the same thing. Tom tiptoed into Sam's garden, and there was the statue looking more beautiful than ever. And Sam tiptoed into Tom's garden, and there was the birdbath looking more splendid than ever. Tom snatched the statue and ran. Sam snatched the birdbath and ran. <laughs> they ran into each other. Sam, I think someone's stealing your statue, shouted Tom and ran off. Tom, I think someone's stealing your birdbath, shouted Sam and ran off. I managed to save it, Sam, cried Tom. I managed to save it, Tom, cried Sam. They thanked each other for frightening the robbers away. Tom promised to make Sam a birdbath as a reward, and Sam promised to make Tom a statue as a reward. I knew it all. Oh, careful, don't eat the book. 
Now when the townsfolk come to see Sam's garden, the first thing he shows them is Tom's birdbath. And when the townsfolk come to see Tom's garden, the first thing he shows them is Sam's statue. They all agree that Sam and Tom have the best gardens in the town, and Tom and Sam are the best of friends again.